if there's one thing I know about women, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I have no idea how to interact with them. Seriously, I have no idea what goes through their brains. I tell a joke, they laugh. But is it a pity laugh? Is it genuine? Is there some subtext to the laugh that I'm just not getting? I don't... Ugh. What goes through her brain? I don't know if I will ever find out, but... I mean, she's 202 years old, so... I can't be the worst guy she's ever dated, right? Right? Oh, I have a tummy ache. I'm gonna go lay down. Best from afar? And far from the best. But it's better than good. Is good better quest. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Good Better Quest. I am of course your Fungin Master David Hallman, and with me as always are my friends. Previously on Dragon Ball Z, was a very intense episode. The very intense moment that I tried to combat with humor a little too quickly, and uh, have been feeling the ramifications of ever since the team fought moth and the elder brain which was really just the team fighting the elder brain because moth was being controlled by the elder brain cash tried his best to break through to moth a little too late because moth cast disintegrate on yardy and because I'm bad at reading, it worked very well, and Yardi became dust. In an effort to save Yardi, Cash made a last-ditch deal with the Ristabeth ring. The Ringstabeth. <laughs> <laughs> and became Iron Man, but with wood instead, so I guess... Um, You'll get it. You'll get there. Lumber dude. It could be just Iron Tree Man. Nah, I was trying to think. I, I was trying to think of a real, like, tr Redwood Man. I don't know. That's the best I can do. The Birch Bitch. There we go. At the end of the fight, Yardi's dust was swept into the empty suit of wood, and Yardi was essentially reincarnated as a... Oh, shit. What are those called? Hang on just a moment. Don't you dare say tree ant. 
I, no. will, I will not be related to Trent. No, not a treant. Almost close to a dryad. A spriggan? A, yeah, in spriggan, in, in Skyrim, it's a spriggan, but but uh, in, in D&D, it's, it's a dryad. He's almost a dryad tabaxi, but we're calling that race treebaxi. After that, the brain died, and it was clear that Moth was unconscious, and Siggy... Siggy believes that Moth is trapped inside of her own mind after severing the connection from the Elder Brain. You guys jumped into her mind with the power of the heartstrings. And in there, you found her at a funeral, weeping. And on the tombstone she was weeping at was Madia Baltana's name. And that's where we're going to pick up. So... Moth is crying. She's she looks younger than she did on the outside of her mind. I turn Cash turns to Durak and Yardi. Uh correct me if I'm wrong. Uh she's still very much alive as we know it. Right? I didn't miss something. I mean, last I as I heard, she thought I was handsome and muscular. So uh she was very much alive to me. Am I nuts? Am I missing something here? Well, there there was a professor that was waxing poetic about your good looks, but maybe it was not Madia that we know. Uh, Durak is, like, kind of looking at the ground near his feet, and he's kind of kicking the dirt around a little bit. And then he goes, You reckon she's a robot? Siggy <laughs> raises a finger like she's going to explain something, and kind of slowly puts it down and says, I don't know, actually. Oh, well, if Siggy doesn't know, then we're all, that's, we're in trouble. She could be a, a robot then, uh, Durak. I mean, it's not, it's not the weirdest thing that would have happened. Oh. Yardy turns around and looks at Moth. You said this was a point in, a fixed point in time that you couldn't leave. When is this? Moth just kind of shakes her head. And, and she says, I, someone died, and I, I, I don't know who. I, but I, I can't leave here. I'm, I'm stuck thinking about this. I don't, I don't know. Okay. It, well, if you're stuck here... There's clearly there's clearly an error in your understanding of what's happening here because you should know that name well on the tombstone. Moth, I don't know how to say this, but considering that you did disintegrate my very good friend earlier today, I'm just going to come right out and blurt it. Your sister died. And I'm confused how that's even possible because as we know her... She is very much alive. Uh, so clearly we're getting some wires crossed here. Or someone's a little... Uh, someone's lying about who they actually are. So I need you to say this and repeat after me. My sister is dead. And I'm sure that's very hard. But we've got to face some hard truths now. Again, you did disintegrate my friend earlier, so I'm coming off a little callous, and I'm sorry. <laughs> She's looking at you as you say, you know, to repeat after her. And the words 
has her lips. She says, my sister, and you're not at the funeral anymore. You are standing in the courtyard of what looks like an underdark village that is on fire. And Moth is standing at the gate with fire in her hands. Magical fire. You see drow running around, goblins, various members of the house, fleeing from the fire. And you see Moth looking up in a tower. Another drow woman looks similar to Moth, but much older, just staring daggers at Moth. The tower she's on begins to crumble, and as it begins to collapse, this woman does not break eye contact with Moth. And then when that woman is gone, Moth puts out the flames in her hands and begins to walk away. And she sees you guys, and she says, my, my sister, my, my sister? Yet, uh, Ma- Maria, you're, you're, oh boy. Oh no. Someone give me a perception check. Why do I always forget? <laughs> 16. All right. 16. 17. Ooh, 17! It's those cat senses that I have. Meow. (laughs) I I would say that you all notice there are some banners around this place, like some family crest banners, and they're all the same. A a strange symbol that you can't quite make out. It probably means something. Yardy, you're looking at it, and you can probably tell... Uh, somewhat what it means you know it's it's a family crest whatever this crest is moth is wearing it on her chest as well she actually tears it from her robes and throws it on the ground where it begins to catch fire as well yardy approaches moth as she's walking away I'm guessing because this is a memory, she's she's kind of on autopilot. Like, she knows that we're there, but she is reliving yeah. the memory. Um, yeah. Yardy doesn't try and stop her or get in the way or anything. He just follows right next to her and begins to address her as all this is happening. Yeah. I understand you are showing us your past, or we are being shown your past. I do not know whether you are fully in control of what we are seeing. But... The path you have taken has been a destructive one. Trying to rid yourself of connections, to seek power, to get rid of things that hurt you. As someone who has found themselves in your path, and who has a vested interest in you not continuing this pattern of hurting those around you, I need you to help us find a way out of here. We can only help you if you help yourself break this cycle. You've been walking with her as she walks away from this, saying this, right? Yes. I'm not I'm not sure Yardi even looks at her 
He's, That's fine. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think this has come across well, but Yardy is still blindingly mad that he died. Yeah, understandably. <laughs> I'd be a little more concerned if he wasn't. As, as you're saying this, she's just kind of shaking her head, and she, she says, Power? I don't, I don't want power. I just, I need a higher power. And as she says this, she stops walking and you see in front of her stands a figure in the shadow. And that figure steps forward and it's Headmaster Winterhold, much younger. And he says, my dear, I think we have some things to talk about. And now you're in the Grand Hall, Feast Hall at the school. You are standing over the round table of Madia's team. You see a young Nedrag, you see a young Madia, and a gnome woman that you do recognize as the young woman in that memory of Nedrag's party that approached him first. And as they're eating, Headmaster Winterhold stands up a little bit older than you saw him a moment before. And Moth looks a little bit older as well. He begins to say that some items have gone missing from the vaults. And you guys recognize them as the things that Headmaster Winterhold has said have gone missing again. Except this time, all of them are already missing. Lolt's leg in your world is still contained, as far as you know. But the Shadow Fabric, Mask's Drift Globe, uh, Toril's Broken Heart, and Lolt's leg are all taken. And when he says, if anyone has any information on this, everyone at her table kind of shiftily look at Moth. Y'all don't have to interact with every one of these if you don't want. I just, I I don't want you to feel like you have to, like there's some sort of puzzle in each of these individually. <clears throat> Durak, in every scene, Durak is standing exactly the same with a terrified look on his face. Just standing straight up and down, his hands at his side. Just looking real uncomfortable, and he just like as it was, as we blink from one scene to the next, he's just there in that same space. Yeah, Cash is trying. I'm just trying to take this take this all in because, of course, we saw what happened to Nedrag, and this is kind of what we assumed to have happened. But it's like seeing some of these things play out in real time, trying to put the the pieces together and trying to understand. Like, how this is mirroring what's going on now, while also trying to absorb the fact that Madia is dead, not dead, dead, not dead, not the real person we know. <laughs> um, maybe like, a robot. Maybe a robot. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe We a robot. haven't ruled that out. Maybe a robot. <laughs> a- absolutely. Could be a robot. Uh... Oh boy, this is. But it wasn't a robot. No, I'm just. <laughs> I don't think it is, but it seems like it's a fun idea. Oh yeah, no, idea. it's definitely something it's direct such would a say. Fun idea. I turned to look at Yardy. You know, it's very interesting that they all would immediately turn and and, and look at Moth. I wonder. Hey, Cash yells to the table of people. Hey, why are y'all looking at Moth? 
Why can you you want to tell me why is it is it is it a race thing? Is it because she's a drow? Because that's rude. That's like not okay. The three of them at the table look at you quickly when you say that and then disappear. And no one else is in the room except Moth sitting at the table. She just kind of looks down at the table and she says, Only a resident of the Underdark can wield Lolt's leg. It's, it's not their fault. There's not a lot of Underdark residents here. Yeah, but that's one out of four. I mean, they can't... They can't blame you for all of them. Okay, Lolt's leg, I'll give them that. The rest of it feels very racial, though. The other three? Who knows? Anyone could have those, right? Or did you... Did you have all of them? You can see her thinking really hard. She says, I did. But why? And we're back to another time. She is standing before the Ristabeth. And you can hear her talking, begging it to forget. And the Ristabeth is replying. It says, um, actually, I think just Cash and Yardy can hear it because of Speak with Plants. But the Ristabeth says, uh, what use would you, the memories of your deceased sister be to me? I don't think I have any use for that. And she says, I'll do whatever. I just, I don't want, I don't want to think about it. I can't think about her anymore. And the Ristabeth says, I have no need for this. You may leave me. And as she turns around, you remember the shed near the Ristabeth where you killed that banshee who was the caretaker at the time of the tree. My bad. <laughs> Out of it walks a mind flayer with its arm encrusted in thick, barky wood. And it says, Now hold a moment. We may have something yet. Let's listen to the young lady. That memory cuts short more than the others. The next thing you know, you are at a party standing behind Nedrag. Moth is there watching the festivities as people begin to spin around and dance. Somebody give me an insight check. <laughs> Not cash. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to think that the people are sort of dancing around Durak uh, as he's standing still <laughs> in that one spot. Just, it's just, just sort like, of like the, the circle just kind of bends out a little bit right around there. Yeah. 14. Go ahead and give it a shot, Durak. Alright. For perception, 15. Uh, insight. Insight. Oh, that's a horse of a different wrong number. Let me see here. Should be the same. Yeah, it's okay. I... No. Are they both wisdom? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but my perception, no. I get a plus six because of a yeah some proficiency. So it'd be a twelve. We're, we're at a party. <laughs> yeah, Damn I. It. Damn it. We I know some of these folks. 
I rolled I rolled for Siggy too, and this is gonna be an interesting way to frame this now. You see the party, everyone's dancing. The young woman standing in front of Nedrag holds her hand out and she says the same thing you've heard in the memory that you've seen twice now. What's wrong? And everyone just continues to dance. And Siggy, you kind of hear her whisper under her breath, Oh, gods. You look closer after this and you see that the dancing is almost like a projection on a screen and it just keeps relooping as well as the young woman in front of Nedrag. It's all just a screen and Moth is standing in the back holding Lalt's leg with Toril's heart in it and she's crying just like Nedrag. She is frozen and crying and her movements are stilted and you can hear in her mind, a voice come out of her that is not her own. Do it. This was your deal. And that memory stops short as well. You're at graduation. Everyone's celebrating. Moth is, is there in her cap and gown. Madia is there. They're both dancing outside. It's, it's kind of a tradition for the teams of everyone to... Uh, kind of take turns dancing in a circle, kind of like a hoedown to celebrate graduating from the school. And you hear a strange and beautiful guitar sound almost. And you see that it's actually the different teams plucking at their heartstrings and each one makes another a different tone. And it's, it's a very sweet moment. And Moth just looks at Madia and says, I don't know what I would have done without you. You were, you're, you're my best friend and the closest family I want. The closest family I'll ever need. And Madia gives her a hug and says, nothing's going to keep us apart. I've got your back and I know you've always got mine. And I don't, I don't know that this would come to Cash's mind, honestly. What I'm thinking about is Moth giving up the memory of her sister dying, but no one else remembering that her sister died? No, I was, I was thinking something similar. Like, she wanted to forget her sister, but now she has a mask that doesn't let her forget anything. But remember, it was incomplete. That is true. It was very close to being complete. Doug is dumb as Derek on this one, though. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I, I have no idea. I, I stopped trying to figure it out. <laughs> Maybe she's a robot is as close as I've got. Is that the was art I've imitating gotten. life, imitating art again. <laughs> you know, I was joking when I said it first, but now. I'm hey man, to believe it, you know, it. Leave no, leave no stone unturned. You gotta look around, you know, to make sure. David's like, it's time to bring back those actimatronics. <laughs> yeah. David's like, hang on, I need to change everything I've written so that it is a robot. I was gonna say, under the mask, it's just that hillbilly bear from uh, Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> Yardy turns to Moth. Show us Madia's death. When did she die? How did she die? Why did she die? 
everyone around again disappears. And Moth shakes her head and she says, no, I don't, I don't want to go there. Please don't make me go there. And you're at a pub with Nedrag. You recognize it. It's the drunken kettle. They're both older. You get the sense that Nedrag is not a professor yet. He doesn't look old enough. The two of them are wearing black. There are four mugs at the table, two of which are held by Nedrag and Moth. Sorry, three. Nedrag, Moth, and the young gnome woman. The last one is in the center, and they all toast to it. And Moth looks at Nedrag, and she says, I'm going to find who did this. There will be no mercy. Death is too good for them, but they're going to get it. Nedrag. And the young gnome woman pats Moth on the arm and says, Dear, please, no. It's... It's not what she would have wanted. And Moth says, well, she's not here, is she? Nedrag is just kind of staring into his ale. Maybe we can help? I mean, if you were so hell-bent on revenge. But trust me, I get it. The things you do to bring back someone that you care deeply about. um, The deals you make. The lengths you would go to. So... Let us help. If you are so hell-bent on finding out who did whatever to your sister, why did you then want so badly to forget? Could you not do it? Could we help? Could we... The people disappear, and Moth looks directly at you, and she says, Get me into the vaults. No. There are some things... (laughs) There are some things I need... That are apparently the easiest things to steal. And she's in another memory. You're all there with her. Celebrating Moth and Madia together. Celebrating something. And it it looks like there's a banner that says, Congratulations, Madia. They're singing and dancing. Someone else give me a perception check. Everybody roll for perception. 14. 23. Damn it, Nolan, I got all the 21. I was very excited about it. Sorry. I mean 20. A dirty 20. (laughs) No. Durak, you're you're very... This is all still very uncomfortable for you. And at this point, (laughs) Siggy has stopped paying attention to what's happening just to try and calm you down. Just to, like, raise Cherry a little bit so that her hand is on your back and she's just... She's giving you the the drunk friend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, treatment, like you're throwing up in the toilet. Just yeah, Shh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You're fine. Has she put a, a vibrating like vibration into her gauntlet yet? So it's like a good massage down his back. No, all the time. no I haven't done that. Be- like I specifically have not done that for fear of Rule Thirty Four. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we're cutting that out the episode. Yeah, that's super not um, in there anymore. No, it's not. Listen, I'm serious, though. <laughs> um, oh. I mean, it's a cute, crafty gnome with a vibrating hand. I mean, I'm kind of here for it. No. It work those knots out, you know? <laughs> no. 
this this is no one's baby. I can't I can't do that. So, Cash and Yardi, it's very unsettling right now, because on the one hand you know that Madia is the professor at Fair University. This memory is fake. This is not real. It's that projection again. And even Moth in here is a projection on a screen. You guys are just looking at a screen on a wall with all this going on inside of it. Are we able to see outside of the screen? Like, a, uh, Is it like a movie theater where we can like back up and see that we're in the audience watching this? Kind of, yes. You, you can tell that you're watching this. It's a small black room, like an experimental theater, you know, black box. Mm-hmm. Can, can we see where the projection is being, where it's coming from? It looks almost like it's coming from behind the wall. I mean, Yardy, Yardy investigates. Yardy goes up and, and touches it, tries to, tries to get closer Give me a wisdom saving throw. Damn it, Yardy. I only got so many... <laughs> so many wishes. It's a 12. You begin to... cut this screen with your claws, and it, it does begin to split in half like silk, and there is a blur of static... And you're back at the funeral. And Moth is on her knees, staring at this stone. And she says, I don't know why. I don't know why this is important to me. Anyone give me an insight check. Ah, oh, dirty 20. Nice. Direct finds like I got something. <laughs> Hold up now, I didn't, uh, I didn't notice up. some. All right, now I don't know if anybody else has noticed this systemic anomaly in the in which we're in. <laughs> Direct, y'all reckon we're robots? <laughs> <laughs> Direct, a, a moment of clarity hits you, like as you have been the one person who has just been standing around, not moving, and so you've noticed these things pretty well is these memories don't appear to be in any order it it there's times when people are younger and older than you know them to be Dirac looks around and he's like real proud of himself he's made an observation he says um hey y'all y'all notice how sometimes they get older and sometimes they get younger I just, I just noticed that. I just want to make sure y'all notice it, too. He's, he's a little chuffed. Yeah. He's straightening his... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, don't know, I don't know whether you notice it or not, fellas, but uh, some of these folks get older, and some of them <laughs> get younger. <laughs> is, Mo- Moth is, st- is Moth still wearing the, uh, the, the bear duster? That you put on her? Yeah. It, it... No. No, okay. It started... It's... The whole thing has started over. And okay. it's almost like you guys haven't been at this spot. Okay. So then Durak is wearing his duster again, or did it disappear? Yeah. Okay. So then, in that case, 
Durag is looking down in his duster, all excited that he's wearing it, but also very confused as to why he's there. And he's like, hey, y'all, y'all know some folks look older than other times, and sometimes they look younger. And then he, like, just sort of situates his shoulders right and um, puts his hands sort of on his collar. I mean, on his, uh, uh, like, the, the, you know, like the, the inside la- part of the lapels. Yeah, yeah the yeah, lapels. Yeah. This is quite a duster he has made of am... fur with lapels. <laughs> Does it have pockets? Of course it has pockets. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is, a lady's dress from five years ago? <laughs> yeah. Durak, you have a... A surprisingly excellent point uh, hadn't occurred to me. Yardy, this feels strangely familiar, and I have an idea. We need to get out of here, right? Remember how we got out last time? I do. Okay. Hold tight. Moth, your sister's dead. Who killed her? Show me. Show me your sister. Show me Nedrag. Show me you at school. Show me you graduating. Show me you in the cafeteria. You go through these again, and it's it's almost like just with the Elder Brain, except this time, things stop when you get back to Madia's party. And Moth isn't in this projection anymore. She is standing next to you, staring at this screen, and she sees where Yardi began to tear it. And she says, I think I always knew I need help. And she grabs off of Cash's belt the broken dagger. Is it, wait, hold on, I'm sorry. Is it just the hilt or is there still a little bit of dagger on it? There's still a little bit of dagger on it. Yeah. She holds it and you see her go towards this screen, determined to cut it, but like also hesitating. It's, It's like Abraham... Mm-hmm. Holding the dagger over his son mm-hmm. is how she just looks, bringing this knife to the screen, and she says, "Please, I I can't do this alone. Don't make me do this alone." Durag is like walking up real quick behind her with his axe already on fire. Cash puts his arm around her shoulders and and holds the the dagger hilt, his hand over her hand, and and looks back at Yard and goes, "We'll talk." We'll, we'll talk more when we're back at school. I know this is weird. I know. I just... It, 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 it's, it's, it's a thing we're doing. Just come help. You know? Yardy, in the same fashion as has been this experience being in Moth's head, continues to not look at Moth. But he comes up and puts his hand on top of Cash's on the hilt of this broken dagger. And where his tail would usually have wrapped around cash. It doesn't. And part of it is that he is upset, and the other part is that he doesn't want these vines touching cash. But as he places his hand onto cash's, he lets out a small grunt and closes his eyes and waits for cash's instructions. The knife begins to go down, and Durak's axe kind of makes another hole in the screen. And this screen is gone. Ahead of you is just a blinding light. Obviously the one creating this projection. And in it is a strange room. 
It's filthy. It's disorganized. There's tables with papers all over them. There's boards with papers and portraits and string connecting them from place to place. And it all leads to Pepe Silva. <laughs> Pepe Silvia. Can we talk about Pepe? So I want to talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail? <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it. That's all I can think about. <laughs> like, Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia. So I'd say this name. I got to hand the guy's mail into his hand. At the center of all this string in the center wall of the room is a giant poster that says, Madia isn't dead. And then underneath it is written, but she is dead. The script and, and color of the, of the writing on the first statement is different from the bottom. Looking at the top is almost like looking at a mirage, looking at mist. You can see through it. Looking at the second statement is like staring at a steel wall. And Moth begins to nod, and you guys are back out. You're out of her mind. And on the ground in front of you is Moth, and the small circle on her mask closes. There's a golden ring on the forehead of the mask. And she stands up, and she says... I remember everything. She's dead. She's been dead for a long time. And I I need to accept that. I need to accept that. <sighs> Thank you. I turn to Yardy and I say, uh, Well, our work here is finished. Moth, as much as I would love to help you in this moment. Uh, I'm still a little reeling from you, and I know it wasn't you, but it was you uh, disintegrating Yardy. Uh, and the dawning realization- She's, She says, I did what? <laughs> He's right there, oh. Yardy, Yardy just waves his tail in front of Moth's face. He is still not looking at her. He just he just curls his tail around in front of her face so that she can see it's nice and viney. She takes the mask off and she puts it in her bag and she goes over to Yardi and she looks at him up and down and she says, Okay, disintegration aside, why is he like this? And... I just hold up my hand with the ring that's just gotten, like, thicker, thicker. and more naughty bark, and I just, I just hold up in front of her. She says, no, no. Feeling real good about this one, Moth. Yep. Especially after seeing you make that wonderful deal with the Reese to Beth, and also the ever reminder that uh, what happened with Ned Drag and the group of students gosh maybe I should have just wished to forget Yardy but I would rather risk everything than lose the memory of someone I love I 
I, Moth, when you said you wanted to seek revenge on who did whatever to your sister, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and when you wanted to forget, I'm like, <laughs> that's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy to want to forget and to want to never deal with it. But now you remember, and I have Yardi back, and I will deal with those consequences when the time comes. And now I'm ready to deal and help you face this with your sister. But first, I need to have some time with Yardi because he's never gonna forgive you for this. And I'm never gonna hear the fucking end of, oh, how your girlfriend disintegrated me that one time. <sighs> Moth approaches you and she just, she looks like she wants to hold Yardi, but she knows that he would not let her. And she approaches you and she, she grabs you. Like she try, she holds you tight and she says, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize what I did. And she pulls back and she, she's holding a strange little orb with a, a red button in the middle. And she says, it'll open a door that will take you to the ship. The school is east. There's a map leading there. I really just want to say... I'm sorry, and I'm going to fix this. And she backs up, and you see in her hand is the scroll from the job. And she begins to run and open it. The portal opens, and she is gone. <sighs> and the portal has closed. I'm surprised nobody went after her. Like, I'm, I'm really... Yardi is hoping for a couple of things. Either one, she will fix it, and she will have to face her consequences, handle them, and they can move on with their lives. Or two, Moth will step through there and cause such a conundrum that when we get there, the problem that we need to face will be more obvious. Because Yardi has a lot of questions and whether or not Moth is there, he doesn't believe that the school is going to give him answers that he needs to fix it. Yeah. Also, Cash has one level of exhaustion. I'm so <laughs> tired. I'm not running anymore. I'm... <laughs> I became a whole tree person. I basically birthed Yardy. I mean, if we're being real. <laughs> It has been a hell of a day. I saw Durek turn into a frog. That was wild. <laughs> Durek sort of chuckles. Uh, I... That was pretty great. <laughs> I mean, and Yardi's still naked, too, so there's that. Oh, we, yeah. ne we have never addressed that. Um... Everyone can see his twig and berries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this boy. is 
been good, better quest. This has been good, better quest. We'll never top this. I I hope you didn't want the rest of the story because that joke <laughs> is just good enough to end on. It's gold. We're never gonna top it. Yardy Yardy comes to the middle of the rest of the group though, between Durak, Cash, and Siggy, and he, he relays his feelings, but he also says. I don't think that any path we take is going to be easy. So we might as well take the one that we make ourselves. And he he grabs at Cash's hand and he just touch, touches the small globe. I think I think we can fix this. Will you come with me? My child, is that weird? I feel like <laughs> it's it's, it's so a little weird but I can live with it. My son. Siggy's nodding. Siggy's <laughs> nodding. It's, it's weird. Don't do that, please. <laughs> I don't even. I Listen, it's different. I made cherry. <laughs> I mean, I did. You didn't even really. You didn't. All you made was a bad decision. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't. Well, you know, bad decisions don't still sometimes lead to children. You know what? We're in a gray area, but I'd still appreciate it if you wouldn't call him your son. Okay. I'll. <laughs> I'll, I'll just whisper it to myself before I address Yardi, my son. Okay. Um, oh, boy. Yardi, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. I will do... Frankly, this feels like your time. <laughs> now, uh, you've got... Uh, you, you burned one life. Uh, you, I, I hear you've got eight more. Not from me. You better make some more friends who can make some deals with that damn tree, because I'm cooked. <laughs> I think Yardy holds up his fingers and he goes, uh, I think I'm down to seven at this point, actually. <laughs> what the fuck? I did fall in a well for a week, so. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right, okay. <laughs> Remember that one time we drank too much of that weird purple drink from that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, uh. Siggy's looking at you guys and she's looking between all of you and you can tell she's trying very hard to be sympathetic but her eyes always go back to that button and she is <laughs> staring at that button and she is salivating Direct, looking quickly, at that quickly button. say something so that we, we don't have the button pushed without us please please say something the the hand is is the fingers are moving. <laughs> Direct is six. Quit it. <laughs> she says, "I'm not. I'm not doing anything." It, but she's not breaking contact. Yeah. Direct <laughs> turns that into a turns that into an awkward fist bump and just gets in betwixt them and uh, pings her pings her hand. Yeah. Uh. Well, who? This is this is the hippo ship. Oh boy. I believe it's called a shippo. <laughs> Who's ready for the shippo? Siggy, Siggy's like, hey, yeah, shippo, shippo. Anybody gonna press that button? Any, anybody gonna press? It's me! <laughs> uh, give me a, give me a deck saving yes. throw, Cash. <laughs> she rolled for a sleight of hand, which she has disadvantage on. Uh, Twenty-three. That's a seventeen plus oh, six. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, no, she's not gonna succeed that. Cash, Cash jumps up in the air, uh, and is like, "Siggy, we must savor this moment. 
you know, some, let's give another, Yardi, you want to do one more soliloquy before we go? Perhaps <laughs> about... <laughs> give me one more... <laughs> Actually, this time, give me a fucking wisdom saving throw. Fuck. Okay, I was about to say, DC's not high, actually. It's only a 12. Um, not my strong suit. <laughs> as you're saying this, as you're doing this joke, Siggy pets Cherry on the armrest, and its tongue comes out and grab and smacks the button uh, on your hand, and a uh, dimensional door opens behind you. It is, it, it's just a big, blue, glowy rectangle. And Siggy's runs through it, like jumps off of Cherry and runs through it. Cherry goes after her. And I'm I'm running after it. I'm yelling, I will never forgive you for this. I will. That was unforgive. That was, I'm going to need like eight showers after that. Sucks to suck shit, Lord. <laughs> Cash, Cash runs through. Yardy turns to Durak. Are you with us, brother? Durak just like chuckles at him and uh, claps him on the back. Kind of leans a little too hard on him, like, ah! And, uh, and then they go through the, through the door. Better Quest is a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was David Hallman. Players were Kate Huff, Doug Hawley, and Nolan Lacey. Music provided by TabletopAudio.com and Kevin McLeod. Introduction music, A Prelude of Space, by My Instant Lunch. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>